We love hip hop. I'm an audio fucking geek, bro. Or I become an audio For real? Yeah, like, because the thing is, and it irks me when it comes to podcasters or people that call what their shows are podcast. If you don't have an uh, an independent audio where, like, there's no video to the shit, you technically don't have a podcast. Right, right, right. You got a show that's, like, on YouTube or whatever. Right. But you don't have an actual podcast because it's not something that you can carry in your actual pod. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or now the evolved phone. Now you're getting real technical. (laughs) Oh, shit, man. Like, yeah. And okay. Don't, Don't some people, like, consider audio, like... There's audio podcasts and video podcasts? No, because if it doesn't have an audio, then it's not a podcast. Right, 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 right. But people have gotten so comfortable with using the word podcast as a catchphrase yeah. that they've replaced show they with podcast. They use it for everything. Yes. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I hear that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's changed the meaning. Yep. But if you have an audio and a video, like, okay, for example, and um, we're, I've started the recording now. No, right? no, it's cool. It's cool. You could see you. You could see me here. That's just a bonus. This is how it's always been for me. Yeah, yeah. It's been a bonus. You're getting the visual of the audio experience that probably went out like a day before. Right. Where like once the audio is out, there's no choice to just listen to the audio. Yeah. Or wait for the video. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. But listen, man, that's. I can get on a whole rant when it comes to that shit. Listen, I, I have the honor to have this gentleman here over at the Visionary Arts Center. It's, it's been a long time coming because I've known this gentleman who's sitting here for maybe, I don't want to date us too far. <laughs> Let's just say 10, 15 years. Enough, enough to grow some gray hair. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're not going to go multiple decades and then y'all going to be like, oh shit, here come the old heads again. You know what I'm saying? Yo, let but, it roll, man. But listen, man, <laughs> this is an important conversation because a lot of times we interview rappers and we do interview people behind the scenes, but the people that I interview behind the scenes help to put the whole pieces of the Toronto history story together. You know what I'm saying? So when you get to talk to a rapper, you're like, oh, that's all the people in the front were doing this. But then when you get to talk to a producer or a DJ, you're like, oh, this is how it came to be. Right. Right. So with no further ado, I have legendary DJ, legendary producer, um, just all around culture mover, DJ X in the motherfucking building. What up? Yo, what up? What up? Thanks Finally for coming here, through, man. man. Finally here. It's been a minute. Yo. Listen, fam, I, I I really appreciate you coming through and having this conversation with me. Before we even get into any of the generic questions or any of my research stuff like that, I just want to know how how are you doing? You know what I'm saying? We've gone through a lot of bullshit for the last two years, right? How's you, how are you and how is your mental health? You know what, man? I'm the best version of myself I have ever been. Nice. Um, the last two years, quite honestly, um, were great for me, man. Like they were a blessing. Mm. Um, and I know that's not the case for everybody, but you know, that's, that's my reality, or at least that's, that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, I, I feel like the pandemic, like put the brakes on everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I have a family, I have a young six year old daughter. Nice. Um, and, you know, my wife and I got to spend time just with them, like that I never would have gotten to spend if it wasn't for what happened. Mm. I mean, 
And thankfully, I was in a position where, you know, everything that was going on didn't affect me. It actually accelerated my business. Mm. Um, so I have a marketing business. And, you know, everybody, when the pandemic hit, kind of was like, yo, I got to, everything's got to be online. It's all got to be digital. Like, you know, so my business went through the roof. Right. Um, and uh, so I had that, plus I had the time. So these two things, like the time to spend with my family mm-hmm. and that. And so it was just such a beautiful time, you know? Yeah. Um, I was talking about it last night. I had some people over and we were just talking about how we just cooking stuff and <laughs> baking things and like, you yeah. know, what I mean? just like hanging out, man. So it was good. But no, I'm, I'm in a good place, man. I'm older now. Mm-hmm. I've been through a lot. Um, and I just feel really good, man. I nice. just feel like I'm the, like I said, I'm the best version of myself I've ever been, you know? Oh, that's beautiful, bro. Yeah. And and before we even get to any of the um, interviews, questions and stuff like that, also I want to give a quick shout out to my sponsors, Astro Pink, you know, always keeping me nice and toasty. Um, you could check them out on their, their website, myastropink.com or hit them up on their Instagram, astro underscore pink. If you know, you know. But let's get back into it. You were born in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Family from Bermuda. No, no, family not from Bermuda, but mm-hmm. I lived there. Twice, once for a year, second time for six years. Okay, so then we're okay. So before we get to the Bermuda, yeah, where where where's your family the, from? The roots, um, yeah, yeah Saint Lucia. Uh, yeah, so my dad, um, my my mom's Canadian. Like, okay, generations of Canadians, and my dad's from Saint Lucia. Um, moved to Barbados and then to Michigan and grew up in Michigan. Wow, he was a draft dodger. Came to Canada, met my mom, DJX. <laughs> okay okay you know what i'm saying and you and we'll we'll put the bermuda to the side then because i was when i was doing my little research yeah. i'm like mm, that's the connections right there but thank you yeah right? i mean yeah that kind of happened by accident so my mother like you know remarried and uh, married a an accountant and mm. bermuda was like a haven for accountants okay um and so we ended up moving there and that's how that happened and how old were you when that first happened? So the first time, I'm horrible with time frames, mm-hmm. but like the first time I would have been like maybe four. Okay. And that was for a year. And then the second time I would have been maybe six or seven. Wow. And then the second time I was there until I was 13-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then that must have been like kind of like a, a, a mind shock every time coming back from Toronto. Yeah, it was fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I what don't was know. that experience like? Like, Oh, mentally as a child sucked, do you remember man. I, I hated it it, yeah. it um like it was like culture shock you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so yeah. i'm going from canada to this small island um and but the worst part of it was the fact that you know my mom's white she married remarried a, a white guy mm-hmm. and so now i'm over it in on this island with all these black people with two white parents and wow. when you're a kid Nobody understands that shit, right? Yeah. So they were just like, yo, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Like, where'd you come from? Like, why Why do you have white parents? Yeah, because they're <laughs> looking I mean? at your skin and yeah. then they're looking at your parents and they're like, wait a minute. One so nowadays it seems like nothing, you know yeah. what I mean? But back in the mid 70s, you know what I mean? Like that was weird. And like on, an, on, an, on this small island, mm-hmm. you know, Bermuda was like, kids were just cruel to me, man. You know what I mean? It took me a while to like, actually, I actually had to fight my way into respect. You know really? I mean? Yeah, like fist fights. You know what I mean? Okay. To to the point where, like, yeah, finally, I just knocked out the right person and got gained respect, and nobody fucked with me after that. You know what I mean? But mm. it was it was it was whack for a long time, man. Like just the bouncing back and forth, and like, yeah, it's it's weird. 
So even like to stay on that for a second, like adjusting with school and stuff like that, because you're probably going from one school and you're in school in Toronto, then in school in Bermuda. Like, yeah. What was that like, dude? It was weird, man. It, you know, it's funny, like a crazy story. So I go to Bermuda and I can't remember, I, I guess it was the second time I went to Bermuda and, um, it was the first day of school and, um, they had like assembly. So I'm, I'm in the assembly and I'm this kid from Canada and I'm in Bermuda and it's hot. So I'm like, I'm like dying of heat, man. And I'm nervous as fuck. You know what I'm saying? I'm standing in this assembly. I don't know anybody. I'm nervous as fuck. I'm dying of heat. All of a sudden I start to feel sick. And I'm like, no, no, no. Anyways, I end up puking in this assembly, man. Cleared out the whole entire assembly. <laughs> the teacher took me outside, man. I'll never forget, man. She was just like, yo, I, I just, I feel so sorry for you, man. Like, just don't worry. Everything's going to be cool. You know what I mean? But yeah, I was tortured, man. Like mentally. Yeah, you were like a weird Canadian kid at that point. And like <laughs> physically and like just everything, man. This wasn't good. But so yeah, it was just weird, man. It's like a whole different thing. Like, you know, you go from Canada to Bermuda where it's like, you know, it was like a British system. So I had to wear a uniform, school uniform. Yo, for real. Um, yeah. They give you the cane, the rulers, like the rule, like the 20 rulers with elastics around them when, uh -huh. when somebody fucks up. Like I remember once, what? yeah, I remember once like the te teacher was teaching in class and, and um, somebody did something and she was like, yo, who did that? And nobody would own up to it. So <laughs> she lined us up in the front of the class and like gave us the rulers until, until somebody got scared. Everybody got it. Yeah. Until somebody like was like, yo, it was this guy who did it. You know what I mean? That sounds traumatizing. And that's, a, that's a whole other set of drama, right? So everybody's getting licks until <laughs> until somebody speaks up. Then the person who speaks up is a snitch. Mm. <laughs> so now they got issues. You know what I'm saying? Wow. But like, yeah, man. It like and um, you know, just being in a classroom where it's really hot, no air conditioning, and like um they're I'm gonna say they're more advanced there, like school wise. So, mm -hmm. you know, you go there and maybe you're I was like maybe a little behind or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's like catching up. That's interesting. That's and then culturally, just the cultural differences. Yeah. I mean, um, completely different, man. Um, so yeah, it was weird, man. It was, it was, took a lot of getting used to, you know, at some point I, you know, caught a groove, but it was, I, I didn't like it. Man. Well, you caught a groove, but you got to be out of there by 13. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But by then I'd like found that groove found the wave you know what i mean mm. and then like you know then i came back and um it was like trying to find a whole other thing but it was yeah. easier coming back you know what i mean it's either like the transition from toronto to or sorry from bermuda to toronto is easier than from toronto to bermuda yeah so even like you're mentioning just now like how and that's uh, uh that's something i didn't even realize education wise they were more advanced over there in bermuda yeah even though like the, the school conditions sounded a little bit oppressive well they're like, just they're just way more strict right mm. about they don't play around yeah you know what i mean so it's just a way more strict environment you're gonna learn this shit yeah you're gonna learn it yeah um, you're gonna behave um you know what i mean yeah so that's what it was so then when you came back here you're 13 you're going into like high school yeah. Right. Around that time, junior yep. high to high school. Yep. So what was that transition like? Because we're, you're going to a public school over here. Yeah. So I actually uh, went to Jesse Ketchum. Okay. Um, downtown Toronto. I don't know if people know that, but um, right downtown Toronto. I think I came back to grade eight 
Um, mm. And then I went from there to Northern and then eventually North Toronto and then Oakwood. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of dope because it was like, you know, hip hop was starting to pop off and, mm-hmm. and like breakdancing and stuff like that. And I think breakdancing was the first thing that I really connected to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And connected to those kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I quickly like kind of found my place, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, hanging out with people like Thrust, you know, yes, Luke Thrust. Um, and other like others. But um, yeah, it was, that was, that was dope, man. Like it was like being dropped in this, dream world man of like mm. really interesting shit you know what i mean yeah and and a tila rock recording inspired you to start getting into the dj yeah and stuff, right? so at the time my mother was a court clerk at old city hall okay um which was dope because i used to go sit in the courts after school and just listen mm-hmm. um but she had this friend and um the friend had a son and she was going out for lunch with the friend and the son came so the friend had just or the friend's son sorry had just come from the record store and bought the teal the rock record and some other shit but he just randomly gave me the record he was yeah. like this cycle record collector um and he just gave me the record and that was that was crazy like that just changed my life for sure for sure so were you like playing this record over and over again and you said to yourself I can do that too. Well, so many things were happening at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was going to this school, this new public school, and all these kids were into hip hop and break dancing and graffiti and like all that stuff. And um, even at home, like, you know, there were records at home, like, you know, just underneath the stereo that yeah. I was messing with. And like, it was, it was a whole bunch of things that just kind of came together all at once. You know what I, mean? mm-hmm. um, I think the, like, the Tila Rock record was interesting because it was my record. It wasn't like my parents' records that I was like messing around with yeah. or like somebody else's shit. Like I actually owned it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is a whole different thing. Um, and so, yeah, I guess that's why that kind of um, stuck with me. But there was just a lot of shit going on at the time. Yeah. And even the radio, like listening to the radio and like just everything that was going on just kind of. I don't know. It was also interesting to me, man. The budding scene. So I just kind of jumped in, started yeah. dancing first, like you know, break dancing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mostly like up rock stuff, not really like windmills and backspins. Yeah. I was trying to do that, but I wasn't really good at that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then just yeah, the DJing thing just like caught me, man. Like just remember, I had a party, and I got in trouble because like I invited all these kids over from school, and I just sat in front of the stereo and played music, and my parents were like what's wrong with you? Like you got all these people over, like what's wrong with you? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like socialize with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really care. <laughs> no, you're in front of the, pl- okay. So wait a minute. Yeah. Hold, on, hold on. You're in front of the stereo playing music. Yeah. You don't have two turntables. No, no, no. Just <laughs> like just... one turntable, just taking records off, putting them on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're just selecting. And not paying attention to my friends. I don't even know what they were doing. But, That's crazy. But yeah. But you're I like get a like DJ I get, to the bone, bro. Yeah, I get like that though. I'm like super, super hyper focused. Like mm. if I if I'm interested in something, like you'll never tear me away from it. You know, what I mean? it wouldn't matter what's going on. Yeah. So. And so then at that time, you were also joining like DJ competitions and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I just, you know, going from sitting in front of the stereo to like, 
you know, finding another turntable and putting it together and then eventually buying a mixer and then like, you know, then ended up buying 1200s and all that stuff. And like I said, I was just hyper focused. Right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just practiced like eight, 10 hours a day. Mm. You know what I mean? And when you do that, you know, there's only one result. Yeah. So yeah, I became a ninja and <laughs> so I started to, want to flex my skills and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. go in these competitions and yeah i started to do that and did pretty good you know what i mean so you, you done like the dmc competition and stuff yeah like that. yeah what are those like because i had a conversation years ago with um dj a track who was the youngest um dmc winner um, yeah at once at, at one point in time right yep but i never got a chance to really have a like in-depth conversation about what that experience is like when you're a young DJ in front of a whole bunch of people and now you got to like show out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like what's going through your mind then? Cause it's not like, I know how it feels as being a rapper doing that, but as yeah. a DJ and you all the focus is now on you, you got to have a serious fucking scratch session now. Yeah. What's that like? It's terrifying. <laughs> um, it's terrifying. But um, I think like when you practice as much as I did, um, there's a, certain level of confidence there that mm -hmm. like helps you helps balance out the the terrifying <laughs> like, yeah you know just how like yeah horrifying it is mm -hmm. ba balances it out um but yeah man i mean it's just you're on the spot it's you know it's like sports people like you know basketball players like you know whatever sports guys they're in front of everybody they're competing mm -hmm. you know i'm competing Sometimes there are multiple rounds. Yeah. So you had to, you know, like you had to organize your show so that, you know, you save the best for last in case you made it. Mm -hmm. But which is also tricky because when you're saving your best for last, you like, you might need the best in the beginning rounds to yeah. even get there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like you got to play the right cards. Mm -hmm, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And like, so it's that proper balance of like, you know, organizing your show properly and, um, and then saving something for the, for, you know, the end, um, in case you're, you know, competing for the championship and stuff like, like KO that. Punch. So, but yeah, it's just a lot of practice. Um, a lot of being nervous, mm. like all that, you know, but I guess there's times too when you're confident. Like, I guess it depends on who you're up against and, yeah. and how you're feeling that day. You know what I mean? Cause, yeah. you know, some of the regionals, like I, I would just look around and be like, oh, I got this. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you already know. Smoke show. You already know who you're up against because mm -hmm. you're so deep in it. You, you're so you know all the players involved, and you know you know you know what you're up against a lot of the time. Yeah. So sometimes you'd be like, oh, I got this. You know what I mean? Unless I fuck up, I got this. Yeah, and you got to see the um, show tapes or the, yeah. the game tapes, as they say. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But other times, then you're like, ah, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And then there's always the aspect of like certain days, you know, like. You know what it's like. You wake up some days, you feel invincible, and other mm -hmm. days you kind of feel like a little lower, or whatever. You know, what yeah, I mean? so it yeah. depends on which day you're competing on. You know this what I'm saying? This is true. This so is true. it's a vibe, right? Yeah. So, and even before we get to like your your um your voyage into uh, getting into radio and stuff like that, right? Um, your fantastic your fantastic voyage, but we'll we'll save that. Did you ever rap? Because I I always want to know from people who are in the culture who who break danced, you DJed, 
You know what I mean? Have you ever spray painted a wall up maybe? Never spray painted a wall. Dance lots. Obviously DJing. Mm-hmm. I have messed around with rapping and okay. singing. Okay. Um, but rapping very lightly, singing a lot more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I just never viewed myself as a rapper. Did you record them? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, the singing thing is interesting because I got to this point later on, like maybe mid 2000s, maybe a little later where, you know, I've always been a producer and I got really fed up with artists mm-hmm. and just dealing with them. Yeah. And um, so I started to demo my own shit. Mm. You know I mean? So I would produce shit and I would demo my own shit. So I actually ended up making a whole entire album of me, like mostly singing. Okay. Um, sometimes rapping but more like singing the rap you know mm. what i mean in a weird way um but yeah i would do that just to demo my material yeah because i didn't feel like dealing with artists and so i just kind of evolved into that you know what i mean but i never never really took myself super serious like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. did you i wish any- i did though well wish I did. you were demoing stuff did you ever get any placements yeah Ghostwriting placements? What's that? Did you ever get any placements? No. no okay. No. Because you said, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? No. Who were who you the ghost for? <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't. I always, you know what? Honestly, I always found writing hard. I think mm. that's probably why I was never a rapper because I hate writing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I really do. I find it difficult. Um, so, Yeah. Unless you're going to be like Jay-Z and it's all off the top of your head. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, I just always found that very difficult. So that's probably what stopped me from doing it, you know? See, you should have been a rapper now in these times, letting these kids write shit. And they're you know all trash. <laughs> you know what's so funny is that Ron Nelson, who I'm sure you know, mm-hmm. is recording an entire album right now. And I'm watching him go through this whole process. What? Yeah. So, oh, sorry. I'm thinking in my head Ron Nelson himself recording. He's recording other people. No, he's rapping. He's recording his his own album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a few tracks on his album. Yo, we love hip hop exclusive bombshell right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yo, I did not know that. Yeah. He's on social. It's out there. He's been pushing it out there. So, Mm. you know. I got to get him back in my algorithm, man. I got too much fuckery in my algorithm. Yeah, man. Um, okay, so let's continue here on, on on your journey because you started radio with the jam factor with DJ Mastermind. Yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I was, I was a ninja mm-hmm. and all these like, you know. And stop. Ninja. DJ. You're a DJ ninja. DJ ninja. Okay. Yeah. Nobody could fuck with me. Mm. And um, so Mastermind wasn't the greatest DJ at the time, mm-hmm. but he had this radio show and he was a great host. Um, and he kept like getting DJs to come on the show and DJ. Yeah. Um, for him so it was kind of natural that he would ask me you know what i mean Mm. it didn't last for long but you know so that's how i got my first start on radio was him basically basically asking me to be on the show with him and then you went to fantastic voyage with the person you just mentioned before ron nelson yeah with ron nelson so yeah so mastermind and i kicked off Mm -hmm. um, which we do quite seldom even now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like we, we have interesting personalities, whole lot of love there. One yeah, of my best friends, the mastermind. Yeah. one of my best friends, mm-hmm. hands down. 
but um, we've always had like we clash over things. Mm-hmm. So back then we, you know, we clashed and it was his show. So he's like, I gotta, you gotta go, man. Yeah. And at the time I was friends with Ron mm-hmm. Nelson, who had the bigger show on CKLN. Mm. And um, when Mastermind canceled me, I, I called Ron and Ron was like, fuck that show, man. Come and do my show with me. Yeah. Right? So then I, next thing you know, I'm there. Okay. Just like that. Boom. Okay. It was funny because my life went from being like a total disaster. Like when you're, I was 15 or 16 years old, mm-hmm. when you get canceled at age 16 from a radio show in the mid 80s or late 80s, you're crying. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm like, saying. That's, that's the, your whole world. That's point. my whole world, man. Yeah. I was crying tears. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so I went from that to like making one phone call. I think even from the radio station. Mm-hmm. And Ron was like, "Yeah, don't worry about that, man. Just come do my show with me." So it was like <laughs> here, down here, up here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm so you you went over there, and you guys are doing fantastic voyage. Yeah. Right. Um. Ron gave you and Mastermind your names? Yeah. Explain that to the audience and myself. Cause I, you know, and salute to, to, um, to the man's them who, who did the interview with you before, uh, Mindbender, um, um, I think it's Born King. I'm not sure, but my apologies, right? Yeah. Dope interview. But there was some information that I got from that interview and I heard that, but I need to know how that came to be. Yeah. So. This is a funny story. So with me, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Actually, they're both kind of funny stories. But um, with me, my DJ name at the time was DJ Ecstasy. Okay. And Ron Nelson was super homophobic. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to be calling me Ecstasy <laughs> on the radio. Ain't calling no girl man delicious. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? <laughs> so he was like, I'm just, I'm going to shorten it and call you X when, mm-hmm. I'm, when I'm on the air. You know what I mean? So I'm, that's what I'm going to do. So that's how my name just became DJ X. Okay. Mastermind got his name from Ron because they had a radio war. Actually, we were all kind of in this radio war, but mm-hmm. you know, Mastermind was on CHRY, Ron Nelson was on CKLN, I was on Ron's show with him. And those two started to beef. Okay. And um, so they had this radio war. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, you know what? I think even before that, maybe mastermind was um answering trivia questions on on um on ron's show okay and i think that's where mastermind came from i don't even think it was the radio war thing but basically mastermind is like a hip-hop encyclopedia Mm. like he doesn't forget anything he's got all the facts in his head and he was that way when he was 15 years old and so ron was like you're a mastermind you know what i mean and wow. like, he's like, boom, I'm going to use that. You know what I mean? So that's how that came to be. That's crazy that yeah. those are names that you guys got that long ago and they stuck. Yeah. And also able to achieve success with those names because they're unique names for both you and for Mastermind. They are, but names are just names. They are, but at the names. same time, they become your, your, as people who are in, in the entertainment business and stuff like that, because we're all in, we're all in the entertainment business. They become yeah. our monikers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like, if you have a name that like doesn't really ring bells, there's only so far you can go, to be honest, fam. I disagree. Talk to me about that. So 
I disagree because if I could go back, I would have used my real name. Okay. And I think that at different times in your life, you feel differently. Mm. So now I feel like, oh, I would have used my real name because I, I, my last name's King. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I've always loved my last name. Mm. And when I think about it, I'm like, fuck, I should have used that somehow. You know what mm. I mean? Um, and yeah, I just feel like you feel differently. Like even mid-stroke somewhere, I tried to change my name from DJX to, some, to Appleback. Really? I don't, know, I don't know if you know this, but I didn't. This yeah, is a, so this there's, is a there's a unknown couple, fact. Yeah, there's a couple records out there that I produced that actually have that name on them, so they wouldn't even know that it was me. Wow! If they don't know that fact, um, but yeah, I mean, look at Diddy like change his name a million times. Like you know, yeah. I think you feel differently at different times in your mm-hmm. life, and I think like going looking back, if I could have just used my real name, I would have done that because that would have stood the test of time because that's really who I am. You know mm-hmm. what I'm so. Yeah. But that's yeah. just a personal opinion. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. But yeah. I, yeah, a good name, you know, a good name obviously, you know, rolls off the tongue. You know Come what I mean? On, fam. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It helps. It yeah, helps. Yeah. It, it helps. helps. It helps. I hear you. Right. So okay, let's let's talk about the uh, the transition from the fantastic voyage to the power move show. One to four, eighty-eight point <clears throat> one FM every Saturday. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the shit. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. So, but it was crazy. How did that Go from Fantastic Voyage. I know the answers to that, but yeah. I need you to let the audience know that story of Fantastic Voyage to all of a sudden Power Move Show. Yeah. So I was crazy, man, at the time. Like I was like aggressive. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, with my love for music and hip hop and everything that I was doing. And I think Ron just got out of my way. Quite honestly, man, he's like, yo, there's a, there's a freight train coming and I'm not getting in front of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to let this roll, man. And, um, yeah, he just stepped off. I never really understood it. Um, I actually feel like he made a mistake, but, um, cause he had built this legacy, you know what I'm saying? Um, which didn't really end there, but like, that was a huge part of it. You know what I mean? Mm. And, um. But yeah, he just like kind of told me one day, like, um, I'm done and, you know, you're going to take the reins. You know what I mean? And I didn't even want to. Right. I didn't, I never wanted to talk on the radio. I, I, I was always super shy. Um, and I, and I never wanted to talk. As a matter of fact, the first day, like, I don't think I talked for like two and a half hours and the show wow. was three hours long. I was scared. So no breaks in between nothing, nothing wow. like just playing music. Yeah. And, um, so. That kind of happened to me and I just became a host and because I was so just into it, like I just, the power move became what it was. Like I just tried to do everything I possibly could with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How did the name come to be? Power moves. Ron Nelson. <laughs> uh, he's the name maker, eh? Yeah. Holy shit, yeah, man. Yeah, I need yeah. to holler at him. Maybe he can give me a new name. Yeah. <laughs> so he um, was really into public enemy at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to, he, you know, he was like, you know, the Fantastic Voyage program is my legacy. You got to mm. come with some new shit. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So you got to figure out what that's going to be. So he was kind of teaching me and guiding me. And like, you know, if I didn't, if it wasn't for him, I might have just kept the name Fantastic Voyage and kept mm. rolling with that. You know what I mean? He was like, nah, you got to, you got to make this your own. You got to, you know, you got to run with this. Separate yourself. And so, yeah, he, and so I was like, I don't know what to call it. And he was like, well, call it this. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Yeah. I yeah. was like, yo, I like that. 
Oh, that's dope, man. I think that ended up being a dope name. You know what I mean? And even before I continue with like some of the stuff from the power moves, I think like from what you were saying before where you felt that Ron might have made a mistake, I think he made a great decision. And he probably seen your potential from the way that you were like really passionate about hip hop and stuff like that. And he's like, you know what? Let me get out of this guy's way. I still got a lot to, that I can do, but he needs to shine. And, and that needs to be commended. You know what I mean? Because not a lot of people are willing to do that. A lot of people are, are shine hogs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting because um, maybe it wasn't exactly like that. Mm -hmm. And I say that because like maybe there was a little regret there that he had to let go of it mm -hmm. just because I just came in and bombarded <laughs> the whole thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but he'd have to speak to that. You know what I'm saying? Ron, pull up. Um, but the reason I say it's a mistake is because, and again, well, fuck again. The reason I say it's a mistake is because we could have done shit together. We like, you could be like more powerful as a team. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if he looked at things that way and was like, you know what? Like, let me work with you and even other people. Like, let's, let's bring other people. Let's build a conglomerate. Let's, yeah. let's, um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I, yeah, like, I think that would have been better, um, better for him for sure. Um, it worked out great for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad at that. You know what I'm saying? But I just, like, I look back and I'm like, fuck, man, we could have done shit together. Like, he's still one of my best friends today. Like, yeah. you know? Um, and so, yeah, I think, like, like there, we have such a great vibe. Like, we get along so well. Mm -hmm. And we could have done so much together. You know what I mean? So, well, and, and, you know, when you're, like, when you look up to somebody in the way that I looked up to him, you want that guidance. Like you want them to be there. Like he got fully out of the way and almost, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want him out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, he kind of put you in the, in the deep end in a way. Yeah. He did. He did. He did. He did. And I, 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 I kind of fuck with that, bro. I, I, I feel you, man. I, yeah, I, like I, I said, know, it worked out for me. Like yeah. I'm not mad. You know what I'm saying? But like, I just, I wonder what could have been yeah. if, like, you know, we stayed working together like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what one thing that did start happening is that you became to me the main dj in the city at one point like yeah. there was a like college radio was budding there was 89.5 fm over there at uft that was doing their thing okay um 88.1 was over there at the ryerson um um campus mm -hmm. and there was 105.5 that were doing their thing over in the west right mm -hmm. but all these DJs are, are starting to pop up all over the place. But that Saturday show, dude, yeah. was the main spot, yeah. including Eat the Beats. Yeah. I think it's the placement, right? It's mm -hmm. like Saturday afternoon. It was placed. One to four. Placed so perfectly. Yes. You know what I mean? It was out of the way of a lot of things, like out of the way of the work week and like any bullshit like that. Mm -hmm. um, CIUT was like at nighttime, which was cool, but you lose a certain audience at yeah. nighttime. Um, it came, it, it had a legacy before I even got there. So the setup was ideal. Yeah. You know the setup was ideal. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and tell me about the eat the beat competition. How did that come to be in the first place? Just an idea, just an idea. Like what can I do with this radio show to make it interesting? Mm -hmm. Um, that feeds the culture. Um, and 
naturally freestyle was like had to be that you know what what else is it going to be i mean obviously there were some other things but there's nothing more potent than that more real yeah saying so um and then it's like you just use the tools that you have so it's like you have these phone lines how can i include how can i be inclusive you know what Mm -hmm. i mean of like the people the audience (coughs) you know what i'm saying yeah Uh, that's really important um and so it just yeah like let's just use the phone lines let's like you know let's Mm. use use what we have use the audience and it just just worked man. just an idea most memorable for you um i'll tell you something funny i don't know if i have a probably bishop and shirley dynamo Wow, I forgot yeah. about that one. That was legendary, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I was going to say something else, which is funny, but so Eat the Beat spawned some other stuff, like the beat battle. Like I had like beat battles on my show and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So whenever I think about my show, you got to understand, like I had a whole different experience than most people out there listening. So for me, it was different. And when I think back to all those things that I did, like Eat the Beat, and I can't even remember what the beat one was called. Um, anyways, um, the one that really stands out in my mind was a beat battle between me and, um, oh my God, Tough Dumpling. Oh, What's his Collision. Name? Yeah, Collision. Mm. And he beat me. And I remember being so pissed, man, because like this is you're like I'm on my show, yeah. You know I mean? And like the way I looked at it was like, there's no way I'm losing this because mm-hmm. like it's my show, like you know what I mean? Like there's <laughs> there's no way, yeah. But yeah, he beat me, and like so that one really sticks out in my mind, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But out of all the things, out of all those like kind of competition type things that I did on my show, but more because it had to do with me and my emotions and like all that stuff, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But, but why did the Shirley Dynamo? But yeah, because they were the best two that I think were on Eat the Beat, and I hope I didn't hurt a lot of feelings. But that's what that's what that was crazy to me. They were the best. Yeah, Bishop was incredible at the time. I was backing Bishop, so I was starting to produce records for him. Mm -hmm. And um, Shirley Dynamo was dope. Um, so that was that. You know, they were memorable. There were. There was another time when um, somebody was on eat, on eat the Beat and um, their mother picked up the phone. Like, so they're landlines, right? In yeah. people's houses. And at that time, there were multiple landlines. So like, let's say you lived in a triplex with three floors or some shit like that, right? Yeah. You got a phone in the basement. You got a phone on the main floor. You got a phone on the top. Yeah. So if you're on the phone in the basement, you know what I'm saying? And your mom's upstairs and she needs to use the phone. She picks up the phone. So she picks up the phone and interrupts the competition and try and tells them, yo, get off the phone. I need to make a call. It's important. Like wow. this, and that, like right in the middle. So that was something that was one that I remembered, like very, very memorable. You know <laughs> Probably I mean? called a kid by his gummy yeah, yeah. and everything. Oh my God, man. <laughs> crazy. Like crazy, crazy. That's wild. Hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. You know what I mean? Um, so that was, that was funny, man. Um, but there were so many moments, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So many moments that were dope. Man. So Is there any, because they're battling right online or not online. Before there was online, like on the phone line, they're battling 
back and forth. There was the legendary one where where Frankie Payne, aka Juggernaut, called him from jail. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? See? See? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. But like they're battling back and forth online. And I know it can get heated when it comes to this hip hop battling. Yeah. Was there anything that got so heated where you're like, yo, this might go left, man? Like, you guys need to I need to like reel back a bit, relax. Getting aggressive right now. <laughs> not on eat the not not on eat the not beat. Not on eat the beat. But there were many other moments where like I thought I was going to die, basically. <laughs> Can I have one of these moments? Because I remember going downstairs to that station, it being packed a lot of times, mad rappers. Yep. The city was very thuggy, thuggy as it is now, right? Yep. So It's worse now. It's worse now, but like people weren't getting together at the radio station at the time <laughs> now, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, before everybody could just meet up at the radio station, they know yep. you're over there. You're not yep. playing my fucking record, bro. Yep. I don't know how I'm still living, man, to be quite <laughs> honest with you, man. Like, yeah. Talk to me about a couple of those scenarios, man. I mean, it was a weekly thing. Like, it was, I, there was always that pressure on me, man. Like, mm. always, always that pressure on me. You know what I mean? And so it was, it, like, it, it's a lot of PR, man. A lot of public relations. You know what I'm saying? It's like trying to balance it out, man. You have this outlet that's so powerful mm -hmm. it's one of the only outlets um and even if it's not it's the one that everybody wants to be on mm -hmm. and um got all these people making music from all over the city all different hoods um and they want to get on you know what i mean you know what i mean and and then you blend that with this is a show and i have to program hopefully the best possible music mm. and show that i can you know what i mean so yeah. i got to judge things you know what i mean yeah um and i don't know man i i tried my best to like give everybody a chance as much as i could like i gave so many people chances man even things that i didn't necessarily agree with mm -hmm. you know what i mean i tried to set my own feelings aside you know as much as i possibly could sometimes it was impossible sometimes it was just ridiculous right but yeah yeah i just tried to be inclusive and you know include everybody um lots of people didn't feel like i was doing that mm -hmm. and um so i had beef constantly um people would always come to the station sometimes they would wild out and fucking kick things over and like come in and like want to rough me up and like everything man like threaten me and it was a weekly thing, to be honest with you. Like there was always that pressure there. You know what I mean? Sometimes mm. more than others, but the pressure always existed. Um, yeah. Yo, dude, listen. I could try to say I can relate because I like everything that you're describing. I'm experiencing in the Wheel of Hip Hop Network form, right? However, I don't have that face to face interactions i get those in the dm form or you're a goof or you're not running my ting or you're sleeping on demand them you know what i'm saying yeah. but from what you just explained there like the pre-internet pre-people being able to have twitter fingers they just have to express their grievances in yeah. person bro yeah that's that's some deep shit fam the other thing is i'm not the most hood guy you know what i mean yeah like and yeah like i don't like violence mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't like negativity um, and I love music and that's really what I've always been about. That's yeah. what, that's what drove me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so 
that was, a lot of that was very painful, man. I got to mm. be honest. You know what I mean? And it probably severed relationships over the years where you're like, damn, we could have been cool. But like, bro, you came at me super aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. With multiple people too. Yeah. Rolling mad deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also there's, you know, there's some good people out there. Like there's some people that came at me. You know what I mean? And then. I guess like over time, you know, I viewed them differently and. You know what I mean? They're 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 good people, man. They just mm. want they just want their music. Play. They just want they want they want, <laughs> they want what on, they want. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? And I totally I get that. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, there were a lot of sit lot of situations where like over time there was an understanding there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like it wasn't it wasn't all bad, um, but um, real shit a lot of sh lot of real sh real shit man yeah a lot of times i felt scared to go do my job i could imagine fam yeah tell me about banning big l from the show banning big l's music from the show. i don't even remember that you know but i don't remember it but without even asking you what that was all about it was probably had to do with the radio station mm. because uh, radio stations have rules which are governed by the CRTC. Mm -hmm. So I can't remember what it is. Like maybe, you know, more, I don't remember that, but like, it was probably me playing some dirty version of the record. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like the station saying to me, like, yo man, you can't fucking play shit like that. Yeah. You yeah. Show. You know what I'm saying? Did you get a lot of issues with like, like tons, that? tons, man. Tons. Like constant versions. Constant. Was it because of the clean versions or was it because of the content of the music? content in the music interesting and me just not giving a fuck and just playing shit you know what I mean? mm -hmm. like it it took me a while to um took me a while to consider a lot of the social issues that come along with music you know mm -hmm. i mean i'm very rhythmic like i just like beats you know what i'm saying i just yeah. like i like hip-hop i just like music a lot of the time i don't care what people are saying on the record to me that's secondary and no offense to lyricists out there, <laughs> but that's just, I'm, I'm very beat oriented and, and rhythmically driven. And if I hear a song and the beat is dope and the person sounds decent over it, mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck what they're saying. Yeah. And when I was a kid and I'm on the radio, I was just like aimlessly just fucking playing anything like i just didn't give a shit like yo this shit's hot like yeah. run it <laughs> you know what i'm saying but i wasn't really listening to what was happening you know what i mean so the program directors would come to me and be like yo what the fuck man like are you listening to what they're saying on this record like yeah. you cannot play this on the radio you know what i mean so i had that pressure constantly on me and it wasn't like it took me a while man it took me a while to like be like you know what you're right you know what I mean? You see I can't. where you're coming from. You I can't. Coming from. Yeah, I can't do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're right. You know what I mean? A um, lot of derogatory shit on some of those records. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, yeah. So, yeah, there was that pressure too. So now you got the hood pressure. You mm -hmm. got the station pressure. You got the pressure from yourself. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. The thing is, like, we're watching from the outside and we're just like, yo, DJX, yo, you know what I'm saying? We got to get our music over to this guy. We're not realizing, and I'm having this realization now as we're having this conversation, all of the different dramas and different 
dynamics of things that you had to go through. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's deep, bro. That's why I said, like, for me, it was a whole different experience. Like, you know, people stop me on the street and they're like, yo, that shit was crazy. I grew up like, yo, do you remember this? Like, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, for me, it's a whole other experience. Not yeah. not a bad experience, the mixed experience. Yeah. Um, but like some of the moments that some of these people are talking about, I don't even know if I was really enjoying them because mm. I had all these things, you know, all these things that I'm dealing with. You yeah. know what I mean? And and like at times it felt like a job too. You know what I'm saying? Like so I'm there doing a job. I have a purpose. I have all these things I have to consider that mm. are going on. Um, and so, yeah, it was crazy at times, you know what I mean? Yeah. Great moments too. Like, don't get me wrong. It's funny. Cause I think sometimes I talk too much about the negative things just mm-hmm. cause they stick so heavily with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like scars on me. <laughs> no, but it but like, happened, right? But like, um, it was, it was dope, man. Like, like I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know what I mean? I was yeah. so lucky. Like I was lucky, man. <laughs> lucky to be in that position yeah and it was you know history at the end of the day you know what I'm yeah. saying? this is all even like us having this conversation right now you made moments in history that need to be revisited right uh, for the reasons why you know people want to interview you and stuff like that because they need to know about this history that you were a part of that you yeah. helped to like create you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and even like you were part of like a lot of like DJing for shows and stuff like that, yeah. including like you, you DJed for Biggie when he came down here yeah. for that short show that he was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The show was short. Yeah, right? I did. I Back did in a, 95. Yeah, I did a lot. I filled mm. in for DJ Scratch um, on an EPMD show one, one day, which, okay. was, which was pretty dope. Crazy. Cause um, they ended up coming to my house. So Eric Sermon came to my house at wow. this little apartment on, on off the Danforth. Like I've been there, <laughs> right? Yeah, I remember that place. And like, so picture Eric Sermon sitting on my floor, and like we have all his twelve inches like spread out all over the floor. And we're trying to figure out what he's gonna perform. I, I can't picture. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's but, an icon. Right? Okay, so let me let me add a layer. Let me add a layer now. Right? In comes Mishy and Flavor Flav, and they sit on the couch. So now Mishy, Flavor Flav sitting on my couch. Eric Sermon sitting on the floor with me. And then we jump in my car and we drive to the docks where the show was. Yo, that sounds like a superhero convention. Crazy, right? <laughs> like stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like That's just, wild. just crazy. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I've <laughs> DJed for a lot of people, man. Like it, EPMD, like, you know, and then Tro- <laughs> Toronto Axe, Dream Warriors, mm. Rumble, um, Thrust. Um, there's more. Oh, Mishy. Legend. Um, yeah, a lot of. With the Biggie situation, right? And a lot of people who are in the old school know that whole Biggie show it was going on. I think it was Byways on, on Young Street. Like, it was in a food court. It was in a food court? It was in a food court downstairs. Yeah. yeah. Right? We're not going to revisit that moment because anybody who needs to revisit that moment, check out the other interview, like I was saying, with Mindbender and them. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's been posted many times. Yeah. However, what I did learn from that interview as well is that you had a, elevator incident with biggie yeah can you retell that story here on we love hip-hop <laughs> yeah <please>? yeah yeah. <laughs> so me thrust and i don't know who else was with us but we went to a show in buffalo okay. um that had biggie on it and i can't even remember who else was on it i'm horrible with remembering things mm. forgive me so 
after the show, it was in Rochester, New York. After the show, we find out that all the acts are staying at this hotel. So we're like, yo, let's go to the hotel. Right. So we go to the hotel. We're running around the hotel trying to find everybody. I somehow lose thrust and I get on the elevator. Who's on the elevator? Biggie mm. with Break of Dawn, who was um, a female DJ from um, WBLK. Okay. Super popular at the time. Um, and um, yeah, so I get on the elevator. We start going up and the, out, the door never opens. <laughs> <laughs> so we're stuck on this elevator now. Damn. Yeah. And the crazy thing um about that is that those two people are dead so biggie obviously died um she died having a baby in the wow. hospital. crazy so neither of them are are alive um, but yeah we didn't we weren't in there for long but you know five or ten minutes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. stuck in this elevator was he panicking nah nah he was biggie was just like yo how, how are we going to get out of here? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just did like, he remember you from the DJing from the, in Toronto? No, no. Wow. You go through, they, they go through so many cities. He probably didn't even realize. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, again, man, I'm shy. I don't really like, I just got on the elevator and I'm just standing there like quiet. You know what I'm saying? I don't even think I said anything about the elevator. You know, yeah. I just stood there because <laughs> I'm freaking out, right? I'm mm-hmm. on an elevator with Biggie. You know what I mean? It's crazy. That's and wild. even even um, Break of Dawn, mm-hmm. like I was freaking out over that too because TJ Hooker and Break of Dawn were like probably the biggest like urban DJs that reached our territory back then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they were on a commercial, you know, black station. Yeah. They were they were massive. So I was freaking out that she was there, let alone like Biggie, you know what I mean? Like it was all just crazy. So I'm just kind of standing there, you know what I mean? Like elevator story. Yeah, bro. Man. That's crazy, crazy man. Crazy, crazy. And and you continued on like to get into production side of into the production side of things. Um you and, and scam, you know what I'm saying? Salute yeah. to scam. Um I even I think I got some beats from you guys at one point too. Probably, probably. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you guys were recording over at the spot at the crib. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, how did you guys? How did you evolve into the production side of things? I think that's a natural progression if you're if you're a DJ. Yeah, like you play music, you're like, how do you make this music? Yeah, you know I mean? and then you just start to even some of the toys and like some of the things that you're doing. You know, if you're cutting two records back and forth. You know, you're cutting up a break beat or whatever. You're kind of making a beat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the beginning of making a beat. Yeah. Um, so it's just a natural progression. And um, if you if you're deep, you just go deeper. Mm-hmm. And you um, start buying shit. So I bought an SB twelve hundred, um, and uh, just started making beats. And it just kind of evolved from there. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of producing people and making records and all types of shit. And you were getting some placements at that point too, you and Scam. Yeah, I mean, it probably wasn't hard. Like, I, I probably could have got, taken that a lot further. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because of the position that I was in. Like, yeah. I knew every, it wouldn't have been hard for me to <laughs> play shit. Yeah. I wasn't really focused on that. But yeah, I got, you know, I produced for a lot of people, man. A lot, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of people. 
Um, so yeah, definitely. Um, college radio started dying after a while. College radio started dying. Yes. Like not even after a while, like kind of completely when the internet started to jump into the, to the picture, like 2001, 2002, those times. Yeah. College radio all, but just started just dying. Like yep. there was like literally like maybe three radio shows left. hundred percent. Right. Out of like 10 to 20, 10, 15 radio shows that were like revol- yep. revolving at the time. Yeah. Right. At that time you made that transition over to flow. Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, and then did you have the foresight to make that jump? Um, well, a, a couple of things. Not only did college radio die, the music changed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Drastically. Yes. So Biggie was the beginning of it. Um, and then you have Jay-Z, 50 Cent, mm-hmm. Beyonce. Like after that, like the, like the music just completely changed. So you feel like more commercialized? Yes. Okay. That's where it, that's where the focus went. Everybody was focused there. Mm-hmm. And that was everybody's dream. Let's be real. You know what I'm saying? Like you make music to share it with people and the more people you can share it with the better. Yes. So, you know, everybody fights against commercial, but in a lot of ways that's what they're striving for. Mm-hmm. I think um you all obviously try and preserve the, you know, the potency of the <laughs> of the music, yeah, the culture. You know, you don't want to water it down, yeah. but, um, but you do want the masses. So the music changed and I felt like I had done everything I could do on college radio. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it was time for me to leave. Um, and there were two things happening with me. So one was hip hop. The other was I'm, na- I'm now a radio announcer. Yeah. Right. Those are two different things that have come together, but also two different things, Mm -hmm. both of which you want to progress. Right. Right. So a natural progression after doing college radio for 10 years or whatever, however long you want to go pro and get paid for it. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause I wasn't getting paid at CK at CKLN. So that's a natural progression for me to go to flow and get paid for what I'm doing. Yes. And then at the same time, I felt like I'd done everything I could do with underground music. Um, I, I, I wasn't growing and I felt the only way I could grow was to go like with the wave. You know what I mean? More and commercial stuff. More commercial stuff. Mm-hmm. Go to a commercial station, grow. And so that's what I did. And, um, yeah. What was that first? time experience like getting in because it's corporate you're now you're in the corporate side of things right yeah you're, now you're dealing with investors you're dealing with program directors you're dealing with a whole bunch of different things that you didn't necessarily have to deal with on college stations you got to pick your uh, the songs we're playing you know what i'm saying you talk, you said you did three hours and you didn't talk for two of the three hours yeah, yeah. you're not allowed to do that over that's there correct. at flow you're gonna, that's correct you talk at this point you say you talk for this amount of time and then you Run, you get your voice out before the beginning of that song starts. Yeah. What was that like? It was fucked up. Mm. Because when you're like that guy for 10 years at a radio station at CKLM, the power move, you're coming into that thing thinking you know everything. <laughs> right? 
but it's a whole different ball game, mm-hmm. whole new ball game. And so looking back on it now, like, um, some, not all, but some of the people that were there, the powers that be were saying, this is how it's got to be. Mm-hmm. And I was fighting against that and I was wrong. Mm. Um, and so there was that fight, you know what I'm saying? Between, you know, what I'd come from and what I'd known all those years yep. and what I was transitioning into. So I'm fighting with the powers that be mm-hmm. while also trying to maintain. So pushback is um is a balancing act <laughs> so when you're pushing back against somebody that's you know feeding you or integral to your growth and your success and can and you got to interrupt you also not necessarily part of the culture like that neither correct mm-hmm. so it's a balancing act right you're pushing back you can't push too hard or you're going to get pushed out yes you know what i mean so now i'm balancing this shit so that's what it was it was a balancing act the other thing that's notable is that um, they put me with J-Wise. Mm. So now I'm paired up with somebody, which wasn't my choice. I had worked with people on the radio, many people yep. over the years, but it was all my choice. But now somebody is choosing who I'm going to work with. Mm. You know what I mean? So that was also interesting. Yeah to say the least. You know what I mean? Um, he ended up being a, a great partner, by the way, yeah. like on, on the radio. Like Much respect to him. Um, but it wasn't what I wanted. So I was dealing with all of those things. Mm-hmm. And you eventually... what? One more thing, too. Yes. Is just that, like, I think in many ways, a lot of flow people that put the station together didn't really understand what they were doing either mm, <laughs> like they, they were fresh they were pioneers too yeah so even though they had all this money and you know they'd spent all these years petitioning and you know the crtc application and all these things they mm-hmm. still you know and they and they were going around promising people like you know it's going to be this for the community and it's going to be that and, yeah you know I mean? but like when it came down to it it's a business now you know what i mean this mm-hmm. commercial radio They've got to sustain a business. Yeah. You know, they've got to sell advertising and so on. And all these things didn't line up with um, the community's view of how it should be. Mm. And the community had no view of how it should be because we never had it. So they've dreamt this up. Like, this is how it's supposed to be. And it better fucking be like that. Yeah. And then the, you know, the business people are like, okay, we're trying to, we're trying to fucking, you know what I mean? We're trying to, we're trying to look out for you. You know what I mean? But yeah. we, we're running a business. Gotta make <laughs> you know some money. Yeah. So there's that fight going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, we're all in the middle of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. But like you're kind of caught in the middle of the community and like that thing. And like, you know, it's, so that was going on too. That's crazy. Yeah. And you went from one commercial station so even more commercial station. Yeah. Cause you went over to Kiss FM after. Yeah. That was crazy. So, um, again, like flow was like this hot mess. Mm-hmm. If I'm honest, you know what I mean? Like everybody was fighting about what it was supposed to be. And like, 
you know. Yeah. So all that's going on and like it just didn't feel didn't feel like we were in the pocket. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like when I was on the power move, I was in the pocket. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like regardless of all the things that I was dealing with, at least I knew like what I was doing felt right. You know what I yeah. mean? And this time it didn't feel right. Like it felt messy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't, I just didn't like the way it felt. man. Um, and yeah, then kiss came after me mm-hmm. and because we were, we were number one um, at night. Um, so we were doing really well, like the night show, which we were on like Jay wise and I from, I don't know, seven to whatever, six to whatever, whatever was, um, doing really well. Mm-hmm. The rest of the station wasn't doing so good. And the music had skewed very urban, very black at the time. Yeah. Again, 50 Cent, Jay Z, Beyonce. And that was becoming the new pop. So Kiss was now feeling the heat because their Avril Lavigne ain't working no more. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm it's saying? Not keeping people on the dial. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now they need they need some real shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they draw for me, and I was like, "Yeah, I gotta get the fuck out of here." Yeah, this is, fucking, this is a mess. You know what I mean? Probably the worst decision of my life. <laughs> but for that year that I was there or whatever, mm-hmm. it was bliss. Yeah. Like I was very happy, man. They paid me well. Um, they looked after me, mm-hmm. gave me my own show. I didn't, um, yeah, I just felt comfortable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, again, going back to the lane. So there's hip hop, but then there's me as a radio announcer. Right. That was really like taking off for me. You know what I mean? Because now I'm on one of the top stations in the country. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So I've gone from the basement to like the top of top. You're the voice. You're a voice on the radio. Exactly. Yes. But not only am I a voice, now I'm on a Rogers Communications radio station. Mm -hmm. They're the number one broadcasting company in in the country. Yes. Let alone the city. Yeah. And Kiss is wildly successful. And, um, so here comes me, you know what I mean? Mm. And they're, a lot is riding on me so, and they're treating me like that. Yeah. Like they're giving me respect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, Lots mm-hmm. of it. Um, so they're like, look, we want to bring you over. We really want to build shit around you. You know what wow. I mean? Because like the music's going in that direction and we need you. Yeah. And so, yeah, they just, Gave me every all the tools that I needed and like really supported me, taught me a lot, worked with me. But what happened was um, they got out of their zone. <laughs> so they're pop and things started to go way too urban. So mm. I, I come over there like and just kill it. I think my first ratings were like a 12 share, which is like unheard of. Like, um, what's the average? So just, yeah. Like to give you an, a, to give you an idea, like having a 12 share in the ratings is 
like CHFI and Chum like mm. achieve those numbers. But usually, or maybe they might get to fifteen. But like, that's a lot. And yeah. th- you know, those are the kinds of stations that really hit like you know the Canadian demographics, which is I mean, we all know what that is. I don't need to go into that. Yeah. Right? yeah. So I'm I'm like I'm fucking destroying it. Mm. And um, you know, to give you an example, like I think Flow has never been over a four share. Wow. Um, and um, even Kiss now might be like a six share or seven share or something, maybe. Anyways, I'm on fire. And well, what happens is like now the radio station is getting, Kiss is getting pushed in a very urban direction. Mm. That's not them. They're becoming a black station. Exactly. Mm. Which they're not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think ultimately they were like, you know what, we got to get out of this because it's either we go completely black or, you know, um, or we got to get out. Yeah. And you have to understand how these businesses view these stations. Like Kiss is a brand mm-hmm. and there is a vision behind that brand. So Kiss is A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Right. And this is what it represents and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Which was none of that, nothing black. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um they were like, we gotta get out of this game. Um and I think also business wise, I think maybe hip hop and R and B has never really translated into dollars. Add dollars in this country. Yeah. So nobody buys the records, nobody listens to the radio, nobody watches the television shows. And if they did we would have many, many record labels, independence. We would have radio stations. There's only one urban radio station in this entire country. How fucking stupid is that? Yeah, that's crazy. Makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Right? It's a whole, was one. Whole other conversation, but. Was one. There is one. Okay, well. <laughs> let's. Well, there's let's still say there, let's Let's say there's one. You yeah. know what I mean? So I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that we don't support mm. our culture over here for some reason. Yeah. And yeah. so I think they probably saw their um, revenue like suffer. Mm. So they're like, you know what? We could probably do better by doing an alternative rock station or something like that. So Jack they FM. turned into Jack FM and I, you know, the bottom falls out from underneath me mm. and I'm like, fuck this shit. <laughs> fuck everybody yeah you jump completely out of radio yeah i was like that. fuck it for a long time i was like f- like i, d- I never want to see a fucking turntable or a record or <laughs> i don't want to yeah. see anything for like a long time and it's crazy because that's kind of like what happened with flow right now like the um or what flow was when they were at 93.5 like stingray decided to change the format and then boom now they're just a country station i think right yeah they're not country they're like mixed format yeah so right so they just yeah. switched so that happens like radio stations is the bottom the bottom line is is the most important at the end of the day right yes. so it's not about oh well you know we we really love this music or whatever whatever they don't care what's gonna work what's keeping people on the dial so they don't turn the dial and go down to the other stations yeah if it's if it's happening then change it up exactly right exactly um you mentioned also in the beginning of our conversation and and, and you're we're good you don't need to wash him anything like that because we've been we've been talking for a i'm minute. good i'm good i'm okay, good okay yeah, okay i'm good i'm i'm 
listen, I'm, this is important to me to lock in and get all of this information. You it's know good, man. I love this, man. I could talk about this. I could, I mean, I could write a book, you know, Let's no, like, fam, yeah, this yeah. is like time capsule information. For yeah. me, you know what I'm saying? So I really appreciate this. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. And, and for the people who are in the listening audience, DJ X in the motherfucking house again. You know what I'm saying? Um, we spoke about your consultation company and stuff like that at the beginning of this conversation. But that's something that became, that got birthed after that Jack FM transition and stuff like that. Yeah. So can you tell me about like how that got birthed? Yeah, it's, it's interesting how that came together. So mm -hmm. at the time I had to reinvent my life. Yeah. So I'm on the radio, I'm this A-list DJ and um, the bottom falls out. I lose the job at Kiss. Um, I didn't want to go back to Flow, which I guess I could have done, but I just, I just didn't want to do that. And a good part of me maybe was like, I think, like Kiss in some ways. Like by the time I got there, like I was like, maybe this isn't like as good as I thought it would be. Mm. You know what I mean? It was bliss, don't get me wrong, like I said before, but you have a like you have a vision in your mind of where you want to be and sometimes you get there and you're just like this like is this all it's going to be? You know what yeah. I mean? So like um and I think like it was dope, don't get me wrong, but when it all fell out, I was like this is fucking bullshit and I I, I have nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I could go to flow, but there's nowhere else in the country I can go yeah. and be who I am. You know what I mean? Just play hip hop. Yeah. So I was like, I got to reinvent my life. And I have all these connections and this legacy that I've built. So I came up with this business concept where I was going to take the, man the mu music management model mm -hmm. and flip it. So music manager finds an artist charges them 15% or whatever to facilitate their careers. Yeah. So my flip on that was that um, you're an artist, you're going to pay me, you're going to retain me monthly and I will do those same set of things. But I'm not, you know, I'm not going to take a percentage. You're right. just, just going to pay me whatever. Upfront. Right? Upfront. Yeah. Monthly. Um, because, and the, because if you're a manager, in order to make $100,000, if you're getting 10%, your artist has to be making a million dollars a year. How many fucking artists do you know making a million dollars a year in, in 2003? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. Even in 2022. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I was like, okay, if you guys want to do this, you're going to pay me and I'll do it. And I can do whatever you want. I can walk you into labels. Mm -hmm. I can take you to studios. I can introduce you to producers. I can do almost anything you want to do, like mm. literally. And, and if I can't do it, I'll figure it out very, very easily. Yeah. So I started that. And what happened was the internet and social media and everything was starting to happen. Mm -hmm. And that's all my clients wanted. Mm. They, in a weird way, didn't want the connections with labels and this and that, or maybe they weren't at the stage for that. Maybe yeah. they needed to like do these 
do A, B, and C before they got to those other stages. Right. And so a lot of it was like, I need a website. I need, <laughs> I need digital assets. I need this and that. And so my company just kind of morphed into a marketing company. Yeah. Over, over time, like over, I don't know, 10 years, let's say it just kind of like went like flip. Yeah. And, and, and that's dope because even when I go on your website, your website is like dope. Which which one? I have two. You, you, well, your DJX website. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like yeah. where I find like a bunch of house mixes and stuff like that. Yeah, and like even like before getting into like what's on the website, just the way like to navigate through the site, it's like very smooth oh, right, and everything right. like that. So yeah. like you definitely have um, the know how and the team that to make sure that you guys are are good in a digital space. Yeah. Right. But I'm looking and I don't see hip hop mixes. I see or I see that, but I see a lot of house mixes. Yeah. When did that start happening? Well, I think um, I've just evolved, and li- like I, like in the '90s, like the late '80s and the '90s, I had blinders on. You couldn't talk to me about anything other than hip hop. Mm. Well, that's not true. Sorry, anything other than hip hop or anything like super hip hop related. Yeah. So, like you know, jazz fusion or funk or things that people were sampling, I was into. But mm-hmm. like anything other than that, you couldn't talk to me about it. Yeah. But. I have such a great love for music that like over time, as I got older, I just started to love other things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, now it's to the point that like, I feel like I love more things than the average person. You know what I mean? Like, you know, everybody always says to me and they say it to me a lot because they know what I come from. Mm -hmm. They're always like, Oh, music sucks now, you know, this and that. And like, shut the fuck up, man. Like there's good, there's good music. Now there's good. There was good music back then. Mm-hmm. There was shitty music back then. There's shitty music now. It's yes. the fucking same. Nothing has changed. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Yeah, it's just there's more of it now. It's more more accessible. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I just opened up my mind, man. There's just a lot of different things that I like, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of different things that I've experimented with yeah. um, musically, um, and I'm just very very open minded music musically. And house specifically, I was into in the 80s. So like in the 80s, it was like hip hop and house were the two like underground music like lanes Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Uh, There was other stuff. And there was a fusion back then too. Yeah, there was other stuff. But like like house and hip hop were similar in that like there were a lot of like little independent labels. Like it was budding. You know what I'm Mm. saying? Like the, the like. So those were kind of the two things that like, I think I was really into. Yeah. So naturally later on, I picked the house up again. You know what I mean? Like I have so, I have so much house now that I've just collected over the years that I love that yeah. I can't even play anywhere. Um, but um, I do love house. I love everything now though. A lot. The only thing I hate is rock and roll. Mm. Um, and that's maybe harsh, <laughs> but again, I'm a very rhythmic person. Like yeah. I just like, some of the rock just goes too far out of that lane. You know what I mean? Hard to dance to. Yeah. 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 Um, last couple of things I want to touch on before, before we end our conversation. Right. Um, I was watching like, even with, um, Wiz Khalifa, you know, there was that, um, viral thing that was going on with him arguing with the DJ and like knocking his hat off and stuff like that. Um, and just like with the way that, the world has evolved where DJs are now just completely on their laptops. They're not getting 1200s anymore and all that. Do you think that people respect the craft of DJing the same way anymore? 
it depends. Like, yes, um, there's all kinds of different people out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Go hang out with Scratch Bastard for a day. Yes, you know what I mean? You'll find out that people respect the craft of DJing. Mm-hmm. So there's every kind of person out there now. It's yeah. just we're exposed to all these so much stuff now. Yeah. Right? So yeah, um, absolutely. Is it a part of hip hop in the same way? No. Mm. But hip hop has evolved. Um, and it's become what it is. Yeah. You, know what I mean? you can either be mad at that or not. <laughs> you know, you can either enjoy it or not. Like mm-hmm. that's up to you. But you can also go find DJ culture if you want. Yeah. Like it's there. You gotta go look for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, some people do, some people don't. Just yeah. like back in the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's I don't know. That's how I view it. Even with um like right now the way people are consuming music, right? They're finding it through the internet. They're finding it through people's social media pages, stuff like that. Can DJs break records now? Yeah. On social media. Mm. If you have a large following, if you have 100,000 followers, if you're Dr. J and you go to Carnival in Trinidad and you like bump into this new artist, you have this crazy hot record Mm -hmm. and you come back and blast that to your 100,000 followers, Mm -hmm. why not? Mm. Jesus Christ. I, you I, got you yo TikTok is fucking insane. Like there's weirdos on there with half a million followers like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If they play the right record and people start sharing it it's over man. That's yeah. how shit happens. Yeah. yeah. That's how shit happens. Yeah. So yeah, they can not in the same way, I guess things have changed, they've evolved, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, but yeah, they can. I think so. Thank you. I appreciate that answer so much yeah, man. because this has been a debate. It's been something that's been on running. Salute to, um, to DJ Las Vegas. You know, he was like, yo, we should be breaking records. Da, 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 da. And we were like, yo, it's not that easy. People are not just like in the club waiting to like, they hear something that's different. They might not dance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, like that right there, breaking it on the internet and stuff like that. Amazing. Let me tell you something about the dancing thing when you're DJing. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're DJing and you're and you're in the pocket, so you're playing a big record that everybody knows. If you're good, you can slip all types of shit in there, hey. and they'll fucking love it. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all how you place shit. If you're confident mm-hmm. and you place records properly, they'll keep grooving with you. Mm-hmm. If you're fucking insecure. And you play the wrong shit, they're gonna walk off the dance floor. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh man, it's that's real shit, fam. Yeah it, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Oh, just because you're playing a local record, all of a sudden people are gonna be like, "Oh, that's local." If you play, if you juggle it right, people are gonna dance. Yeah, people want to hear good shit, man. Yeah, like they want to hear good music, man. They're yeah. looking for it. They want it. Trust me. You give it to them. They're cool. They'll be real all shit. right. Real shit. Yeah. Last thing I want to ask. Um, even just to bring it back to our city here in Toronto, um, a lot of issues that we've been having with DJs is playing local records, okay? Because there's the politics that are involved over here. Oh, you playing a record? Yo, don't play that guy's record. You know what I'm saying? Was that is that something that's new, or has that always been a thing? For like, for example, like when you're playing out back in the days, and you decide to play something from a, like a local guy, but he comes from a certain hood. Were people approaching you back then 
like how it happens now? Yeah. That's just bullshit though. Mm. Like immature bullshit. Um, like when you want to hold somebody down so you can come up. Yeah. That's bullshit. Um, and sometimes that's like natural behavior. Like, you know, like we all feel like that at times. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, fuck them. Like, look at me. Do my, sh- like, play my shit. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, fucking let me shine. You know what I mean? Like, we all have those negative feelings sometimes, but that's fucking bullshit. And yeah, it did exist back then. People would come to me and be like, yo, why are you playing that shit from fucking whatever? You know what mm. I mean? Play my shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you didn't play my shit. Like, yeah, people say stuff like that all the time, but it's fucking nonsense, man. It's crazy. Grow up. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Let's let's push each other up. Like, this is the whole, one of the big problems over here. Like, you know, people are tearing people down. Like, push them up, man. If they win, you win. You know what I mean? Facts. Facts. Yeah, look at Drake. Like, I, I mean, fuck, I hate talking about Drake. It's not that I hate talking about him, but it's it's just the overplayed example that everybody uses. But yeah. Look, man, like somebody won, now other people are winning. You know yes. what I mean? So make people win and other people will win. Yeah. Yeah. Even your you know? haters will win. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know and what I mean? I, I, I want to wrap it up. But you mentioned Drake, and I feel like I completely forgot to like mention him. Like, obviously, along the way, he's trying to get his records broken like two thousand five, two thousand six times, and stuff like that. Like, um, did you have any interactions with him? At no, no. It's a shame. Mm. It's a shame. Um, when the city is mine came out, I don't yeah. know if you remember that. That's that, P plus premiere that. No, uh, yeah, I think so. But that record blew my mind. Yeah. Like, and just. Being as deep into music as I've been, um, I knew there was something there. Like you heard that, yeah, I heard it. Like uh, on that record specifically, mm-hmm. like I was like, what? Like I remember just being so fucking blown away by that record. And um, so I think people smell these things coming. You know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. see them, they don't really realize like what's going on but for some reason they're drawn to these things yeah and like yeah so i yeah i never had a interaction with him it's it's it kind of bugs me if i'm real Mm. um just because of my legacy and and my my role you know what i mean yeah um but yeah i mean if if i was there i would have done him justice you know what i'm saying i would have definitely hooked him up because i think he's crazy yeah, you were just getting out of radio while yeah. he was coming in. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. But you know what's funny? Like, you know, he kind of comes from the era where he doesn't need guys like me. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't, and maybe I'm wrong, but, and maybe it's now because he's so big, but I don't see him having connections to DJs. Like, yeah, I never see that. Like, you know, like he mentioned drama like recently on a record, like, you know, cause he died. Um, but I just don't see like, if anything, I see him beefing with most of these people, like beefs mm. with flex or like, you know, like, yeah. I don't know if he beefs with flex, but like, no, he, there, 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 there was a, there was, there was there. tension with yeah. New York radio, like at New York's pissed, you know yeah. what I mean? That, that he just took the game over, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you know, Charlemagne and like all like, you know, like, um, but, you know, if we're talking real DJs, I just never see him anywhere with like 
a, like really respected DJs. Yeah. Um, I just Except don't for like Khaled. I guess if you want to put Khaled as a DJ, I'm saying he was a DJ at one point, like yeah. real, real, but like he yeah. evolved into a whole like other mo- mogul. Yeah, thing, yeah. Right? I feel like he's way beyond that now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, that's a good example, I guess. Yeah. I just, I like, I just feel like in the past, I've seen artists way more connected to these DJs. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just, maybe it's just that I don't see it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the Khaled one is interesting, but Khaled's a freaking like. He's beyond DJ at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, or not beyond DJ, but like he's not looked at as a DJ. He's more looked at as a producer, just like whatever he is. Well, yeah, personality, I would Person- say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Figure. People know? don't even remember that he was like DJing in Miami back then. Yeah. It's funny. I, I like met him in Miami um, in like 2001, 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember the name of the seminar I was at, but um, I saw him twice, once in Miami, once in Puerto Rico. And you, again, if you were paying attention, you would have said, this guy's going to be massive. Yeah. Be- the way he was moving through the room. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you could see it back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that shine on him. That was, yeah, that was like bound to happen. Like, it's not a mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Last thing I want to know, one thing that, and I'm, and this is my recurring question that I've been using now on my interviews, right? And I appreciate you having this combo with me, right? Yeah. Um, one thing that you wish you knew now or wish you knew then that you know now? That's a fucking crazy question. Because you've collected a lot of data along the years. You know what I'm saying? You've you've had some some lefts and some rights, right? But if you were like had the knowledge that you have now of the game and everything like that, what would be one right that you would have done instead of a left back? I never would have went to kiss. Cause I think that was um it was a bad move for the culture and for me. It took me out of the game and I was good for the game. So that was fucked up. Um, I don't know. That's probably like the main one. Okay. Um, I wish I knew that everything was going to be all right mm. <laughs> all the time. So now I know, you know, Yeah. 30 years later, everything's cool. It's gonna be all right. I wish fucking, <laughs> I wish I knew that some days back then. Yeah. Because some days the pressure was heavy. I think it's the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. fucking jewelry right there, bro. Yeah. I, I appreciate that answer right there. Yeah. Because there's a lot of youngins right now who are going through whatever they're going through and they don't realize that. As long as they stay their course, everything's going to be all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll be able to hit 40 years old and start 100%. hitting 50 and then they'll be like, oh shit, things that I thought was the end back then, I'm all right right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's blessed, bro. Yeah. Thank you for having this conversation with me, man. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. I, I think that we got to learn a lot about DJX, aka Adrian King's history from the beginning to where you are now. Um, 
as far as mentally and just even as far as like where you're going in, in, and I, um, kudos to all the success that you've achieved back in the days and that you're continuing to achieve now, Thank bro. You, man. Thank you, know you. what I'm saying? Thank you. Um, big salute to our sponsors, Astro Pink, once again. Um, you can check them out on Instagram, my astro, oh, sorry, astro underscore pink and myastropink.com on their website. Um, hit the like, hit the subscribe, all that good stuff for all the people on YouTube and leave a, 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 a iTunes rating and all that for the people who are in the listening audience. You know what I'm saying? Another one in the vault, DJ X in the building. Yes. It's your boy Friday, Ricky Dredd, and I'm off of this. Deuces. We love hip hop.